Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Thursday, May 16th, 2019, broadcasting from the Beantown USA studio. Beantown USA is Boston's home for customized screen printing and embroidery. Get more information on their website, beantownusa.com. On today's show, I was joined over the phone earlier today by former Celtic Kendrick Perkins. We get into the Kyrie Irving stuff. Terry Rozier's comments on ESPN the other day. Anthony Davis's future. And what does Kevin Durant want to do this summer? Does Durant even know what he wants to do? I also asked Perk about the Celtics assistant coach opening, which that position just opened recently. Micah Shrewsbury has left the Celtics to join the coaching staff at Purdue. Is this a job that Perk would want Stick around. I will play that conversation with Perk for you in just a few minutes. All of it today presented by DraftKings. Play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using promo code PICK, That's promo code PICK, And by now, you're probably bored with your fantasy baseball team, and I don't blame you. 162-game season, you're in a fantasy baseball league. You have the same lineup every single night. And if you do have a good team, you can't receive your cash prize until what? End of September? Early October? Please, here's what you got to do. Daily fantasy baseball. Forget about your fantasy baseball league that you've been in for 10 years with the same group of boring people. Do it yourself every single night with a different lineup every single night for a chance to win cash prizes every single night. And again, play for free with your first deposit. By using promo code PICK, P-I-C, that's promo code PICK, P-I-C, at DraftKings.com. Daily fantasy baseball is where it's at. You will not be bored with that. I can promise you. And who doesn't like free money? You can get free money, a free game with my promo code PICK, P-I-C, at DraftKings.com. Welcome to the show on this Thursday, May 16, 2019. Just a little house cleaning before I do play the audio of my conversation with Kendrick Perkins. Special thanks to Perk again for joining me today. He's been making his media rounds, and I joked with him at the beginning. You know, you a media member now, right? Is you now a a full-time analyst? You're going on all these different shows, but I did uh, get some different stuff from him. I did get his reaction on the Terry Rozier stuff, and I guess that's part of my house cleaning today before I... Give me that audio. Uh, the last time I talked to you on Monday, we had not heard the Terry Rosier stuff on ESPN. So uh, I feel the need to react to that here because Terry Rosier was sitting on, what was his show? First Take? I think well, he was on Get Up, then he was on First Take, or Cold Pizza, whatever they're calling that show now. And Stephen A. Smith said to Terry Rosier, listen, if this Celtics team brings back the same team, as this past year, what do you want to do? And Terry Rozier, he had a smile on his face at first because, you know, he knew this scenario that Stephen A. Smith was throwing at him. He knew what Stephen A. Smith wanted him to say, and Terry Rozier knew what he was going to say, and I think that's why he started smiling, and he's like, Rozier said, you know what? If it's the same team, I might have to go. And now, Rozier is a restricted free agent, and... I played to Rosia's audio last week after the season ended. Right after Game 5, Rosia was sitting in his locker, and I thought his thoughts right after that game were very telling, really, of the entire season. He, he, Rosia told the story of the entire season, and he said, you know what, Coach had a tough job this year with this team. And I had a tough year because we had players who wanted to be in the limelight, and you know, maybe lost their spot in the limelight. And and then we had players who wanted to stay in the limelight who sort of jumped into the limelight last year. And so Rozier was in this position where he's now trying to tell the story of the team and of his own situation. But I just, look, my reaction to it all, what Rozier is doing right now is I don't agree with the way he's going about it. I think it's just dead wrong the way he's going about it. I, I, I don't agree with the way Rosie is going about this. Now, if you want to maybe put to the side the way he's going about it, going on ESPN, Rosie, Terry Rosier should not be going on ESPN. I don't care if he's promoting a, a new cereal or whatever he's doing. I, I Anything, any product that he has. 
Terry Rozier is in no position to be going on ESPN right now because let's face the facts. The fact of the matter is Terry Rozier is the backup point guard of the Boston Celtics until Kyrie Irving leaves. Should a backup point guard of any team be running around going to ESPN, going in studio? No. No. But I think maybe that's part of the problem because last year Rozier became the starting point guard. Last year Rozier was one of these young kids that helped lead the Celtics to Game 7 of the East Finals. And when you have that, you know your contract's coming up. I mean, human nature, if you put yourself in Rosier's shoes, the situation he was in last year, the production that he had last year as a starting point guard, as a, a player who was an impact player in the playoffs going to Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals, put yourself in his shoes. With a contract coming up, if you're Rosier, you want to be rewarded for that, right? You don't want to have to all of a sudden lose playing time to a guy that comes back into the fold because he's now fully recovered from a a knee injury. But that's what happened. And the obvious thing that's going to happen to Rozier in that situation with these players is that Rozier, every single day, is going to lose his starting job to Kyrie Irving. That's just the reality of it. It sucks for Rozier, but that's reality. He obviously didn't like it. You know, I do think that there's a part of his message. For, again, forget about the way he's going about it. I think if we look at Rosier's message, I do think he tells the story of a team that was frustrated with Irving and Haywood sort of being reinserted into the fold. Knowing what they had done a year before without those guys. Knowing that it's more than just playing time, minutes, And winning championships, it's also a business. And Rosier's trying to look out for himself right now. I don't agree with the way he's going about it by going on ESPN. But I think that if we want to sit here and crush Kyrie Irving, which we've been doing, I've been doing, a lot of people in this town have been doing, he should get crushed. Now go back to my podcast last week in which I crushed him after the way this thing ended. Right? Where where Kyrie said, this is no time for disappointment. After probably one of the most disappointing or what should have been one of the most disappointing moments in his basketball career, for crying out loud, given the expectations of his team and given what they did last year without him. You would think Kyrie Irving joins a team like this and doesn't just get the Game 7 of the East Finals, but gets the Game 7 of the NBA Finals and, you know, should be riding on a duck boat next month. The fact that you don't even come close to that, you should be disappointed. So we crushed Kyrie Irving, not just for being awful in the four straight losses to the Milwaukee Bucks in the second round, but also for really not showing any humility after that. Right? It it was just an awful look for Kyrie all year long. And we've crushed him for that. But if we're going to crush Kyrie for that, and we're going to say, well, he's somebody that, you know, affected this team's personality, affected their mindset... Uh, affected the young kids, you know, the kids and Kyrie were sort of going back and forth at each other all year long when it when it comes to media sessions and, and post-game interviews and after practice when they were talking to the media, you know, they were throwing shots at each other. It seemed like all season long. They were never on the same page. Never. This was never a smooth transition to the Kyrie Irving, Gordon Hayward era. It was never a smooth transition. But why wasn't it? Because I think you're hearing from someone like Terry Rozier now is that those kids did so much last year, not just with regards to a potential championship and and getting close to at least getting to the finals, but also when you do that, you raise your own personal value. Tatum, Jalen Brown, uh, Terry Rozier. You want to be rewarded for that stuff, and I think that group of players probably believed, and this is, again, human nature of a professional athlete that goes that far and has that much success you believe that you can be even better this year without Kyrie and Gordon Hayward. So, look, I don't think Rosier is going about it the right way. He's going about it the wrong way. But his message, I'm not going to really knock his message. He doesn't want to be here with Kyrie. I think that's very clear. And if we're all going to crush Kyrie and maybe run him out of town now because he sucked in the playoffs to go along with all the other drama that he, that he created all season long, If we don't want Kyrie to be here, should we really be crushing Terry Rozier's message? We can crush the way he's going about it. But the message that he's sending, I think, tells the story of the season. And I don't think he just speaks for himself. I don't. I really don't. 
And th- but this has caused some people to say, well, we don't want Rozier either. We don't want Irving or Rozier. Well, who do you want? You really want Gordon Haywood around the point? Oh, yeah? Is that what you want? That's what you really want? You know, I, I, I think you could have gone back to last offseason, and I was even saying they should have traded Rozier at his highest trade value. But since they didn't, and this is now the situation you're in, where we all think Kyrie's good is gone, I mean, you'd like to keep Rozier around. At least I would. But somebody needs to sit down with Terry Rozier and say, listen, wrong, you're going about it the wrong way. We understand your frustrations. We understand what you want. We understand what you think you can be. Can you be that? I, you know, I think time is going to tell. I think he's earned an opportunity to show that maybe he could be what he thinks he can be. I think he's earned that opportunity. Yeah, I do. I think so. I mean, I look at this Celtics group, and I said it last year. I said it last year. You know, you talk about Tatum, um, top three pick. You talk about Jalen Brown, top three pick. Rozier, what did he go, mid-first round, 14 or something? I don't think anyone thought the Celtics were going to take Rozier that high. I remember being on WEI that night while that was taking place, going, wait a minute, who did they just take? We couldn't even pronounce his last name. Still don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right. But, (laughs) um, you know, the Celtics believed in him more than some others did. You didn't see Rozier going that high in mock drafts. I think some mock drafts had him going the second round. Celtics took him. What was that? Was the draft with RJ Hunter, right? RJ Hunter, they took him like 28th overall or something. Rozier Hunter, was that the draft? I think. Either way, you know, I, I looked at Tatum, Brown, you know, top picks, Rozier, mid first round pick. And what I did was, and some people thought it was crazy, but I compared them to sort of Golden State. Before they, before they had Durant, you know, Golden State won a championship before Durant. People forget that. But you know, they Golden State was just a team that had players drafted, in, you know, in in the lottery, and even some that weren't in the lot drafted in the lottery. That that just you know they put a team together that turned into a powerhouse. And I just wondered, like, could Rosier Tatum Brown is that last year? Did we kind of? Did we get the beginning of what could have been maybe this young powerhouse of kids who, um, you know, are very confident, drafted very high, and are just sort of showing their confidence on the court, not needing that that Batman or that alpha dog that that you know will you'll hear Kendrick Perkins talking about, and that you've already heard him talking about really the last couple of weeks, and I think that group of kids, I think what they what they learned last year was that what they feel they learned is that they can do it without someone like Kyrie Irving. They can do it without someone like Gordon Haywood. And and my thing is, I don't know that they're wrong by believing that. I really don't. So uh, Terry Rozier's message, I don't know he's wrong with the message. What he is wrong with is the way he's going about it. Wrong way to go about it. Somebody needs to sit down with him and go, stop. Don't you dare go back into ESPN. Okay. Don't you dare go on the Danny Picard show, even though he's trying to get you on. Don't, don't you go on that show, all right? And if you do go on a show, then try to try to do something to minimize the damage here that maybe you've created by saying you got to go if they bring this team back. But I mean, is he wrong with the message? I don't. I'm willing. I'm willing to believe that he's not the only one that feels this way. That there are probably three or four other young, really good players in the Celtics team that are thinking the same thing. I might have to go, or I wish I could go if this whole team returns. Because that's the way it looked. That's the way it felt. You know, I do not want... I told you last week, I think the Kyrie Irving experiment is over. You know, it was worth the shot. But I think it ended up being a failure. I also wrote this in my column this week for the Boston Metro. It was worth the shot. You know, you made the trade. I think everybody would make that trade a million times over. But I think we also forget that the Celtics were not on Kyrie Irving's initial trade list. They weren't. You know, there were reports after the fact that were like, oh, no, maybe he, maybe the Celtics were the fifth or the sixth team on the list. Uh, no, I think people are trying to talk themselves into that. And if that did get out there, I think it got out there maybe for the purposes of Kyrie trying to make himself look like this was a place he wanted to be. At the end of the day, in fairness to Kyrie Irving, I don't think the I don't think the Celtics was a team he ever wanted to come to. All right. So if he never really wanted to be here in the first place, can we really blame him for wanting to leave? 
I think he just wanted out of Cleveland. But I think the Kyrie Irving experiment needs to come to an end from an Irving perspective and a Celtics perspective. And um, I asked Kendrick Perkins about Kyrie Irving, about Terry Rozier, even about Anthony Davis and a potential trade there, even about Kevin Durant and what his future might hold. I asked Kendrick Perkins about a lot of stuff, and I'm going to play that audio for you right now. So stick around afterwards because I do have some thoughts on what we've seen so far in the conference finals in the NBA, the Eastern Conference Finals and the Western Conference Finals. I know Kyrie Irving's probably just loving watching this Milwaukee-Toronto series. He's, he's got the popcorn every night. He, can, uh, he couldn't wait to watch Milwaukee in the East Finals. <laughs> I can't get over that line either from him. But anyways, I, we talked about that line that Kyrie Irving had. I, I, I talked with Kendrick Perkins about that. So enjoy this conversation with Perk. And again, stick around afterwards because I have some more NBA thoughts and some thoughts on the Stanley Cup playoffs. But here it is, my conversation with Kendrick Perkins. Enjoy. Joining me over the phone right now is Kendrick Perkins, former Celtic and, of course, NBA champion. What's up, Perk? Thanks for joining me today. Hey, Danny. Thanks for having me on, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. It's funny. You know, I I told someone this morning, Perk's coming on my show, and the first thing they said was, "Uh, Perk's been everywhere. He's been on every show. And I I had a laugh at that, and it's true, but... Uh, you know, so do I call you an analyst now? Is that what I'm saying? You know, I say Celtic, NBA champion. <laughs> do I now call you an analyst? Uh, well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that right now. I'm just, you know, right now I'm just, you know, just enjoying the retirement and, and, and voicing my opinion about basketball and really just, you know, just touching all the surfaces. I mean, touching all the. You know, doing everything, going around, you know, doing a little bit of everything. So I wouldn't say that just yet, but it's part of the plan, though. It is. So you would like to be a full-time media member? Yeah, I I mean, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind at all. I think it's it's a great job. I think, you know, get to do, still talk about something that that I know that I've been doing all my life, so... I think it's a it's a it's an opportunity. I think that might be there for me in the future. Yeah, absolutely. You got a strong opinion, and and I mean that's what it takes, right, to make it in this industry, uh, in the sports media. But what if I told ten years ago? What if I told the twenty four year old Kendrick Perkins that when he retired, he would be <laughs> making his media rounds, going on shows, and giving his analysis of the NBA playoffs and of, of the, the current Celtics teams. What what would the 24-year-old Perk tell me if I told him that? Man, I, would, I wouldn't even believe you, D. I wouldn't even believe you. I'd say, <laughs> man, nah, that, went, that ain't me. I'd probably be coaching or something, but I don't know about the, the uh, analysts, man. I'd probably just start laughing. I wouldn't even believe you. That Celtics team, the championship team, that group – you know, I, I listened to a story you told with Woj on his podcast last month where you talk about the trade to OKC. And, um, you know, I always think of that team and that group. And my question is always, do you guys, uh, how often does that group, how often do you think back at that team and, and you know, not just, you know, look back at your greatness because you guys were a great team, but how, how often do you look back and think, what could have been? I mean, with the injuries and, and obviously the trade. Um, do you ever think back of what could have been? And how often do you think back to that? Man, I, you know what? I think about that all the time. Uh, I think about that team, man, all the time, man. That was, you know, out of my whole career, that was the funnest team, best team i ever been on, man. And, you know, I just think about, you know, if we was healthy, you know, how many – how many championships we really could have bought to the city of Boston. Um, I thought we could have did three in a row, to be honest, man. But, you know, you think about the crazy thing is you think about the game seven. I think about the game seven more than I think about when, when we won it in 08. I think about the game seven we lost in, in 2010 than the one then uh, more than the championship, man. And it's crazy because, you know, Every time you watch basketball, like anytime I'm watching a game on TV, I'd be like, man, shoot, our, our team with Boston, man, we would have beat these guys or mm. something like that. Or I, I wonder what they would, you know, like just thinking like that. And it always go back to that 2018. 
What, what sticks out when you think about that game seven? Is there one thing in particular that jumps out at you? Well, just one name that jumps out at me, Ron Artis, <laughs> man. I remember him just playing. I was like, he just went crazy during that game in the fourth quarter, man. And I think he really was like the unsung hero of that game that, that, that you know, that's the reason that they beat us. But I think about how we had a 14-point lead going into the fourth quarter. I think about all that. All right. Well, I'm always curious because, you know, we're spoiled in this town. And I think we were even spoiled with that team. You know, as great as we knew you guys were and as much as we loved that team, you know, I think we were all left feeling like, you know, we wanted more. And, and it sounds like you feel the same way with that group. Oh, absolutely. And I think if you go down the line and ask any one of the guys who played on the team or either one of the coaches, they would probably tell you the same thing. Yeah. Well, you told that story about the trade on Woj's podcast. You also said on that podcast that you want to be a head coach in the NBA. Is that is that still your plan? I know we just sort of talked about the you know the media aspect is, and you being an analyst. Of, that is one of my ultimate goals, and, and and the reason being is just because you know I love the game. I love being around basketball. I love dropping knowledge. You know, I got I've been around a lot of a lot of great basketball minds. And, you know, in my opinion, I think the big men that played in the NBA don't get enough credit about knowing the game of basketball. And I think that if you go down the line and look, all the head coaches in the league, all the head coaches in the league that played the game or were uh, current point, were, uh, back in the day were point guards. Mm. And they're not the only people that know the game. I, me and Rondo argue about basketball all the time just because he feels some type of way and I feel some type of way. So we go back and forth on the phone all the time. So head coach, is is that your ultimate goal, head coach? Yeah? That is that is my ultimate goal. So, so how do you – you got to become a, an assistant first, right? Is that usually the step? I mean, not, I mean it is, but not really. You just got to – I mean, you know, the opportunity just has to present itself. You never know. I mean, like, you could be like a dairy fisher and walk right into a head coaching job, or you might have to take the assistant role. I don't mind. I don't mind at all. I don't mind putting in the groundwork uh, and taking baby steps to get where I got to go, but I just want to be a guy that's able to progress and, and, and stuff like that. I asked that question about the assistant coach because the Celtics are going to have an assistant coaching position opening up. Um, you know, if if they came to you, is that something that you would be interested in? And not saying they will or they won't, or, or but but if it is op- if it does actually open up, which it's looking like it will, and they came to you, is that that's something you'd be interested in? Absolutely. I mean, you can't turn down. There's certain things you can't turn down, and that's one of them. Uh, and then being back in Boston, uh, the city that, that that basically raised me for my NBA career, and you know gave me, you know, was the first people to take a chance on me and stuck by my side. I mean, you have no choice but to accept a job like that, man. And those jobs are not easy to come by, by the way. You know, they have a lot of guys in this in this basketball world is been trying to get on the assistant coaching that's been trying to get on the coaching staff in the NBA for a long time and haven't had the opportunity. So I know if it was, if the, if the situation was the opportunity was presenting itself, I probably would really have to consider taking that job. It sounds like you would almost want to go after that position instead of sitting back and waiting for it to come to you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you got to put in the groundwork. Like I said, like, you know, right now I'm down at the combine, and I'm coaching a combine right now uh, this week. So, you know, I'm just doing a little bit of everything, just getting my foot in the door and getting my feet wet a little bit. So, absolutely, you got to go after those type of jobs. All right, well, speaking of the Celtics, um, they're a hot topic in this town, as you know, and you've been uh, very outspoken about this Celtics team that lost in the second round to the Milwaukee Bucks, and now we're all trying to figure out what happens next? Where does this team go? NBA free agency begins on July 1st. The big name is Kyrie Irving. Now Terry Rozier is is talking to the media 
but first, when you look back at the Celtic season, Perk, who should get mm-hmm. the most blame for how it ended? Well, I know, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, you just got to look at, I mean, you got to look at the writing on the wall. Uh, I think if you, if you're watching the game, and you, if you, if you're watching the Celtics play, you can see it, man, from a team that was last year, how, how they jailed together and was loving to play with one another. And then you watch it this year. I mean, you could give a lot of blame to a lot of guys on the team. I mean, but you always got to start off with your leader. Uh, you always got to start off with your leader, man. And the leader of the team was Kyrie. Uh, I think Kyrie didn't carry himself well uh, as a leader on the team. I didn't think he led by example. Um, and like I said before, he didn't represent what Celtic Pride was all about. And then you go down the line. I mean, you expected more out of Gordon Haywood. Uh, you know, even, uh, you know, Big Al Horford. I mean, you know, you expect more out of him also. I mean, he didn't he didn't really have, you know, his best games during the playoff season. So, I mean, you know, Jason Tatum had a little drop-off, so it could be consistently. I mean, I just, you know, it's hard to place blame on Brad just because, for the simple fact, I can only imagine what he was going through at that time, you know, trying to control, trying to control all the egos and and stuff like that, man. It's you know, and, and the locker room and managed minutes, and you know, you know that guys are not buying into your system. That's pretty hard. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I think Kyrie is to blame. He he was the superstar in this team. He did not show up in the four losses to Milwaukee. He was five for twenty-seven from the three-point line. I mean, that nineteen percent—that that's horrible. Kyrie was bad in that game five on the road. It was a must-win. He had fifteen points. But you know what frustrated me the most out of Kyrie, really all year long, was just the things he said. You know, the things he said to the media, and in that game five post-game perk, he's sitting up there saying, "You know, this is no time to be disappointed." And and I couldn't believe he said that because if there's ever a time to be disappointed, I'm thinking this would be it. If you're if right. you were a teammate of his and you heard him say this is no time to be disappointed, I mean, how would you react to that? Right. I mean, it's just I watched it, man, and and like I said, it was very disturbing to watch. Like just to sit up there and listen to him say that just showed that to me he really didn't care. So I mean, you had to. It, it, you know, he, he showed it to us. So we had to, you know, I had to believe it. Like, yeah, this guy really don't care about being in Boston. Obviously, he don't know what it means. He don't know what it means to play for the Celtics, in my opinion. So, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, I just feel like, you know, I listened to the to the game five victory, and that's what, part of me, that's what made me come out and say he was a poor leader, and he didn't care. And he didn't lead by example. I mean, you don't get you don't get knocked out the playoffs and just feel that type of way. He was talking about how he couldn't wait to finish watching the Bucks play and yeah. stuff like that. And I'm looking at it like, man, are you serious? This is really coming out your mouth right now. Yeah, I mean, it was fresh too. It was like 20 minutes after the game ended. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. And you're right that that line about Milwaukee. I can't wait to watch Milwaukee in the next round. I'm sitting, Perk. I'm sitting here going. What do you mean? I can't. I wanted to watch you guys, the Celtics, in the next round. What are you talking about with Milwaukee? Right, right. I lost. I lost the. I lost the. I lost the. I had to pay for Nick Wright dinner because you didn't want to come out there and lead by example or play and leave it all out on the court. I'm like, man, like he just didn't represent it, man. And for him to do all the talking about. He's the leader, and it's his time of the year, and he's ready and all this. You know, that's what furthermore showed me that he's not a Batman. I mean, you know, most guys that come out and, and say things, you know, that's really, really good and great players, they come out and they back it up. Yeah, and he did not back it up. And I think that's the one thing with Kyrie that I said all year long. You know, he, it was tough to root for him because of the things he was saying, but I always came back to – well, you know what? I know what he can be in the playoffs. And if he's going to be that in the playoffs, 
this is a, a league in which he can dominate in the playoffs and help this team get a championship. So I wasn't running him out of town because I knew what he could be in the playoffs. But if you're not going to be that guy, that Batman, like you said, in the playoffs, then what are we doing here, right? I mean, you, you know, this is basically just a big headache that nobody in this town and in this organization needs. So I guess my next question for you, Perk, is with all of this said about Kyrie, he he is gone. He's leaving, right? He's not coming back to the Celtics. I mean, the way the way he went about it, I would think so. Um, you know, it's just it's something about how he went about it. I mean, like you know, the way he, like I said, if you listen to his game five and you watch his body language and stuff like that, man. I mean, you would think that he's gone. I, to me, I think he has one foot out the door. Yeah, I think so too. And and the room is uh the Knicks, and even lately, we've been hearing about the Lakers, and I've been saying for a while now, don't sleep on the Lakers with Kyrie, and people laugh at me, they say, oh, Kyrie would never want to play with LeBron again. My theory with Kyrie and LeBron, Perk, I want your your take on this, my theory with those two is that they didn't really dislike each other as much as everybody seems to believe, and I think he would go to L, I think Kyrie would go to the Lakers. Do you think those two- No, you're right. Do you no, think those right. two could play together? Yeah, you're hundred percent right. Kyrie, LeBron, and Kyrie never had a problem. Like it, it was never a beef between those guys. So, I mean, if Kyrie, I don't, I wouldn't be surprised either if he ended up in. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up in L.A. Also, because when I look at Kyrie and the trade he demanded from Cleveland, he didn't put the set like in fairness to Kyrie. He never really wanted to be a Celtic, right? Like, the Celtics were never on his initial list of teams he wanted to go to. So we do have to give him that. Like, he never really wanted to be a Celtic. And I think in his head, he just wanted out of Cleveland. And he always knew he had a destination that he would go to. I mean, is it crazy to think that LeBron and Kyrie were in cahoots back then? And they said, hey, we'll meet up in L.A.? Like, is that a crazy thought? Nah, I mean, I don't think that happened. But I do think... uh you know, that Kyrie realized that, you know, because he wanted his own team, but I do think he realized he'd be better when he's playing with a Batman or playing or playing with a LeBron James. Mm. Like, he's better at a section, second option. Because we all seen, we all witnessed and seen this postseason that he's not capable of handling pressure. So I know that for sure. Like, he, he didn't show me he was ready to handle pressure uh ready to have the pressure of being a leader. And like I said, man, it's no I don't have a problem with that. Like everybody's not a leader. Like being a leader is hard. But at the end of the day, if you come out and you talk about it, you know what I mean, and stuff like that, then you gotta show it and he didn't he didn't he didn't he didn't step up and prove nothing. He just I mean, it was a disappointing season. It, especially for Kyrie, yeah. If you're the Celtics, I mean let's say Kyrie proves us wrong and is like, you know what? I want to stay in Boston. If you're the Celtics, I mean, sh- at this point, should you even want Kyrie to come back? Because here's what I want to see. I want to see the Celtics, what they had two years ago. I'm curious to see what that group could be without Kyrie moving forward. Like, I, I really do want to see that. They went to game seven of the East finals. Um, and I want to see that group. But if but if let's say Kyrie does prove us wrong and he does want to come back, if you're the Celtics, what what should you say to that? I don't know. It's hard. It's a decision you got to make. I mean, at the end of the day, you gotta you gotta see. Like I mean, like I said, the Celtics are a very prideful organization. You know, what I mean, the owners take great pride. They they have great ownership. Uh, of course, Danny is Danny. You know, the front office is great and Brad is great. I mean. You have to look at, is this a guy that you want to build your team around? Is this a guy you want to to be the leader and be your, your the tone setter for your culture? Like, is this that guy? And at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that's the guy. Um, in my opinion, I don't know if he's my, my leader or a guy I want to build around to because of what he showed me. Now, granted, everybody had their bad games, and you know everybody go through their ups and downs in the postseason. Sure. But at the end of the day, you know, it's 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 what he done after the game, and 
you know, his body language it just showed me he, he didn't care. So it's hard to bring back a, a guy to the city of Boston where the fans, the history of playing was, you know, like you can't bring back a guy that takes for granted that he's actually playing for the Celtics organization, man. Like that's a historic franchise. And, you know, when you're playing with the Celtics, man, you got to have some respect behind it and play with some heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And, yeah. and you know, now – I guess you talk about maybe respect, and, and if Kyrie does move on somewhere else, you know, we're looking at Terry Rozier as the point guard of this team, though. <laughs> Terry Rozier on ESPN the other day made it very clear if if this team looks exactly the same as, as it did this past season, he says, quote, I might have to get out, end quote. That's what he told Stephen A. Smith when presented uh, the example of everybody's coming back. How... How do you respond to the way Terry Rozier is going about it? Not necessarily his message, but the way he's going about this. Well, I think, to me, in my opinion, I think, you know, and I love I love Terry Rozier. I think he's very talented. I think right now he's getting the wrong advice, and I don't know who he's getting his advice from, but at the end of the day, I think as a free agent and you coming up, this summer dudes to probably get a big, big contract or a nice size contract. You know, I think you shouldn't be really doing those shows or talking at all because mm. you can hurt yourself, man. Everybody watches TV from GMs to owners. And, you know, it's not like, you know, Terry is nice. He, he's a, he's for sure a starting point guard in this league, but it's not like he's a, a Steph Curry or a Russell Westbrook type guy. So it's not like he's a guy you would never find in the next five to ten years. You know what I mean? Like they have a Terry Rozier that comes around every other year or every year or so in the draft or whatever the case may be. So at the end of the day, I think he's getting bad advice. And, you know, as coming into a free agent, man, you don't want to do anything that's going to hurt yourself from – getting the most money that you possibly deserve or possibly could get. And you don't want to give nobody any reason to say, hey, you know what, this guy's a talented player, but I don't know. Because there's certain things that you just can't do. And I thought he went about that the wrong way. Like, you know, as a as a former player, when you're in the locker room, that's things that's, that was, it's, a, it's really a, a unwritten rule that, you know, what happens in the locker room stays in the locker room. You know what I mean? Like, unless, you know, you have a discussion with your teammates or the coaches or whatever, then you come out with it. But, like, to come out and, like, add it out and just say different things. And at that time, I think it's just bad advice and it wasn't a good look for him. So, hopefully he don't go back on shows right now and say nothing else and just, you know, just, Stay put, man, and, and focus on getting his, his his contract that he deserved, man. So I just think he's get I think he's getting bad, bad advice from somebody. Yeah, I don't like the way he's going about it, but I will say this: you know, if we're all going to sit here and and sort of crush Kyrie, I mean, Rozier kind of. I mean, his message. Forget about how he went about it, but just think of maybe the message he's trying to send. I mean, he's got a point, right? It, it kind of sounds like he is speaking. Not just for himself, but some other other players, like the other younger players on this team. So, I mean, do we agree with his message that like he shouldn't come back uh, to the Celtics if, if if it looks the way it did this past year? I mean, my thing, my thing is this: okay, even if he is saying or saying speaking the truth, it it it's still not, at the end of the day, he still should leave all his opportunities open. Uh, he shouldn't close any doors. At the end of the day, the Celtics have the right to match any contract that any team offer him mm-hmm. if they want. Um, and other teams know that. So they know that now if you're a GM, you're going into a bidding war. So you can say, well, I can offer Terry Rose this, and I was going to offer him this, but I know the Celtics not going to match it. So this might be his only deal on the table. Now, granted, I want the guy to get paid. I want him to to get what he deserves. I want him to go and have his own team or a starting point guard and, you know, and, and flourish and be a leader, maybe make an all-star game. I, I want the best for him. 
my thing is, is that if I was him, I would just stay off the TV and stop doing the interviews until your contract negotiation is up and, and over with and you're signed on the dotted line. And after that, hey, say whatever the hell you want. All right. How about Anthony Davis? Uh, he's a he's a name that's going to be talked about this offseason. He's got one more year left on his deal in New Orleans. I don't know how much right. the number one. I don't know how much the number one overall pick is going to affect whether or not he wants to stay there. I actually don't think it's going to affect it at all. I, I think he's still going to want out. The rumors that he wants to go to L.A. He's dead set on that, and that obviously could you know take away some of the leverage that New Orleans has in a deal with you know w- w- with other teams. But where do you think? Anthony Davis is going to end up. I mean, do you think he's going to be traded this this summer? And if you do, where do you think that's going to be? I don't know. It's interesting now, man, because you know you get Zion, and it's it's interesting. I, I really I want to see. I haven't talked. I haven't spoken with AD in about a month, so I don't know where his mind at. I know he's been working his tail off, been in the gym, but um, you know, at the end of the day, at the end of the day. Um, I don't know. It's, I mean, if I'm him, I got to consider staying in New Orleans, wouldn't you? I mean, but I'm pretty sure, you know, he might want to get moved. I don't I don't think AD cares where he go. I think he probably just want a fresh start. So whether it's in L.A., whether it's Boston, uh, the thing about it is that Griffiths go do the best for the Pelicans. So I know Griff, he's a great guy, so if he trade AD and AD request still wants to be out, he's going to make the best trade that's the best for the organization, for the New, uh, for the New Orleans organization. So at the end of the day, I mean, I don't know. I think it's something that they're going to have to talk about. Well, how, how do you think Anthony Davis has handled this? Because, I mean, you know, you can make the case that he sort of gave up on his team, you know, with the year and a half left on his deal. You know, I've heard some people, no, you don't think so? No, I wouldn't say that. Just for the simple fact that he he requested a trade before the deadline. You know, the GM at the time, Dale Demps, his pride was in the way. So he wasn't really even trying to entertain it. And he forced AD to stay. And after he forced him to stay, he told him, okay, cool. Well, since you're here, Matter of fact, we're not. We don't even want you to come to the arena or show up to the games. Just stay home. And they, Anthony said, "No, I'm coming in and I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play. I'm gonna come in and I'm gonna play basketball." And that's what he does. I mean, obviously his minutes were limited, and he still put up great numbers. But um, you know, I I don't think a lot of this. You know, at the end of the day, we gotta quit blaming the players for everything because I think. He didn't, and, and Anthony Davis didn't even put it out there publicly. Bill Dempsey did. So Anthony Davis and, and, and Rich Paul, they went about it quietly. Uh, they went to Bill Dempsey quietly. They didn't put it out to the media. Yeah, but what about, but, to, huh? but what about just the idea that he asked for a trade? I mean, I, I heard some people try to tell, they try to compare this to Kevin Garnett asking for the trade. And I said, you cannot compare the two, and here's why. Garnett played 14 seasons in Minnesota. He took that Timberwolves team to the playoffs like seven or eight straight years, went to the conference finals. Garnett did everything he could, blood, sweat, and tears, to get a championship for, for the team that, that you know he began his career with. Anthony Davis oh, has gone sure. He's gone to the playoffs twice. It's like, has he put everything in to that Pelicans organization? Like, like just the fact that he's demanding a trade so soon, does that rub you the wrong way at all? Well, I mean, not, I mean, not really, but you right. You can't compare that to KG at all. But you know, you never know what a guy is going through with the organization. I mean, we don't. We, I mean, we're looking at the basketball side of it, but we don't know if he's happy with the organization. You know, I played with the Pelicans, so mm-hmm. I was there, and you know, New Orleans is is a great city. Like I had fun there, but you know, obviously, the Saints run the town. Like, no matter how good the Pelicans could be, it might be different now, but the New Orleans Saints is the the focal point in the in in, in New Orleans. It's not like in Boston, how Boston rep the Patriots, they rep the Red Sox, they rep the Celtics, 
They rep the Bruins. They rep all those teams in the same fashion. If you're a diehard fan, you're a diehard fan, period. Whether it's the football team, baseball team, everybody gets the same treatment mm-hmm. in Boston. It's not like that in the Pelicans. So as a player, it's not like that in New Orleans. So as a player, you know, you see, you're talking about maybe his accomplishments and what he did for the team on the court and saying, yeah, you can't compare that to KG situation, but at the end of the day, you don't know what what player what a player was going through inside the internal part with the organization. You know what I'm saying? Was yeah. he happy? Like you know, and I think, in my opinion, um, I think it might be time for AD to move on. You know, for a fresh start. Um, I think he needs to. I think it'll be best for him to be in the bigger market. In my opinion. So we'll see how things goes, but that's just my opinion on it. All right, just two more for you. Uh, Kevin Durant, where where is he going to end up? Is he leaving Golden State? And if he is, is it, you know, everyone's saying the Knicks, is there somewhere else? I know you, I've heard you mention, me, you know, maybe the Celtics. Um, I, I, I mean, think, where I, do you think Durant think ends up next year? I, you know what, to be honest, I don't know if KD even knows. And I've talked to KD a lot. I don't even. I don't think KD even knows. I think he's going to do the same thing in free agency. I think he's going to take visits. I think he's going to take conversations, and I think he's going to make. I think he's going to decide then whether he stays in Golden State or he leaves. In my opinion, I think his time is up in Golden State. I think he leaves. I think he's tired of being, you know, criticized for winning. Or, and joining the team that was 73 and 9, although they needed KD. And I always tell everybody, just to change the subject a little bit, that KD didn't recruit himself. Golden State recruited Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the end of the day, they must knew it was something that was missing there. But I think, you know, that KD time might be up in Golden State. Um, who knows? But I think um, it's time for him to. You know, to me, I, I, as a friend and as a brother, I want to see him with his own team. Because at the end of the day, Golden State is always going to be still team, no matter what. So, And it's rightfully so he deserved it. But I would love to see KD with his own squad. Do you think Golden State is going to take this this year? Well, I, can't, I don't know. I don't know. It depends on – they look damn good right now with KD and without KD. So – it's hard to say. I just, I just, my whole focal point is, is that the East is not getting enough credit right now, man. You know, we're watching two good teams right now in Toronto and Milwaukee that, you know, they're not going to be a cakewalk in the finals, man. If they went, whichever team make it out of the East. So, I mean, you know, Golden State is who they are and they're playing great basketball. But at the end of the day, we 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 got to start giving a little bit more credit to the teams that's in the East right now. Milwaukee is playing great basketball, and so is Toronto. I love watching Kawhi Leonard. Love watching Kawhi Leonard, and um, I I just think Kawhi versus Giannis that's a great matchup. But over in, the, I mean, I can't. Here's one thing that, and I want to know if this bothers you too, because it bothers me. Like I talk to people, just generic fans of of the NBA, and. They to me, people do not give Steph Curry enough credit for being as dominant as he's been the last handful of years. I mean, have I've never seen a guy so dominant still be so underrated like Steph Curry. I've just never seen it. Do you feel that way too in in the NBA circles, or or is that just me no, talking no, to fools that, like that don't make any sense? No, I I feel the opposite. I ain't gonna lie. I feel like he gives more than enough credit. I think. You know, he obviously took a back seat when KD got there, but Steph been getting credit for a long time, man. I'm talking about back-to-back MVPs, and you know, he's been getting his due. Like, I think he get a he get he gets a lot of praise in this world, in my opinion. So, I have to disagree with you on that one. I think he do get his his fair share of praise and stuff like that. Yeah, but I think that you know, when Durant went there, all of a sudden everyone's like, oh, it's Durant's team, and I guess. That's what that's what I'm trying to compare this to. Like I look oh, at it okay. still and think it's Steph. I still think it's Steph's team, and I think he even shows that with Durant having the injury. 
you know, you talk about the right. second half of that game six against Houston. You know, he, Steph went scoreless in the first half, scores, what, 32-33 in the second half. And then uh, in this game one of the Western Conference Finals, I mean, for people who say, well, this is Durant's team, I say, eh, eh, I, I still think this is Steph's team. And I, I just think that Steph maybe doesn't get enough credit because Durant's there now. Well, yeah, that's true. And I mean, it's still Steph's team, but KD is the best player on that team. And it shows, and it's been showing every time Golden State go to the finals. Um, every time they go to the finals, man, you know, Steph, for some reason, he had horrible final, uh, finals. Uh, he, he played horrible in the finals. Uh, he's not his Steph, shall I say. And, you know, it is Steph's team. He, he is, you know, Golden State basketball, but at the end of the day, is KD still the best player that's on that team? All right, so you so don't. I do, I do agree with you on that point. He don't. He do get overlooked now because of what Kevin Durant is doing, and I mean, you know, it's just what it is, and that's why I think, you know, I think it's gonna be time for them to move on. So you don't have a prediction, a finals prediction, even though we have four teams left. You had to pick one of these four teams. You don't, you don't want to make that prediction right now. You don't want to go out on a limb and, and take a team, Perk. Nah, nah, I don't, man. I don't. I really don't, man, because I, I don't want to disrespect uh, the East, because you know, man, the way the Bucks and Toronto is playing, man, I just don't want to disrespect the game of basketball. But I think it's going to be more interesting than what people think. And I said this before the playoffs started that this was going to be one of the most interesting playoffs that we've seen in the last few years. And it, to me, it has been. I mean, I mean, I'm pretty sure you've been locked in to like every game. Every game has been fully exciting to me. And you, you see different guys, you know, like, you know, Portland and guys from the Denver Nuggets that have stepped up and, you know, big time. And you see guys that have been dropped off like, you know, Ben Simmons, stuff like that. So it's been an interesting playoff, and I think it's going to get even more interesting as we continue to go on. All right, Perk, uh, great stuff. Thanks for joining me today. Listen, I hope you do end up on the Celtics coaching staff. I, I really do hope you get that spot. Uh, if you do, you know, maybe we can get you in studio or get you on the show again. But thanks for joining me, and I uh, hope to talk to you again soon. Man, I appreciate you having me, man. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks for the support. All right, great stuff right there from Kendrick Perkins. And uh, I really do hope he gets that Celtics job, that Celtics assistant job. Uh, with Micah Shrewsbury leaving, going to Purdue, the coaching staff at Purdue, you know, there's a spot open. Perk has let it be known that he wants to be a head coach. But um, I know he teased the idea of jumping right into a head coaching position. But if you can get a Celtics assistant coaching position and you can be on Brad Stevens' bench, you know, I think that, who knows? I mean, something like that opens the door for if it doesn't work out with Brad Stevens, then, you know, then you're, all of a sudden you're slotted in to maybe be that next man up and you could slide into the head coaching spot. So I, I do hope Perk gets the assistant coaching job. It does sound like he's not just going to wait to see if they'll reach out to him, but it sounds like he might just go out and, and go after it. So we'll see what happens with that. Around the NBA playoffs, Perk did not have a prediction my prediction is what it's been all year long. Golden State will win the championship, and I think they'll win the championship with or without Kevin Durant. Now, Durant is out for Game 2. Golden State leads this Western Conference Final Series one game to none. They lead Portland one nothing. Game 2 is tonight on this Thursday night in Golden State. The Warriors a 7.5-point favorite in this Game 2, and that's with Durant out. Durant has been ruled out. As far as I'm reading here on this Thursday morning, Durant tonight on this Thursday night for game two has been ruled out and Golden State's still a seven and a half point favorite at home. Um, I think Steph Curry is just showing you who he is and who he can be even without Durant and who he was before Durant had to join Golden State. Um, But Steph Curry is going to just continue to do Steph Curry things, and that's why I think Golden State will roll into the NBA Finals. Who will they play? Well, right now, Milwaukee leads Toronto 1-0 in that series, and Milwaukee won game one at home over Toronto. Toronto just, you know, they, they all of a sudden, they couldn't do anything late in that game. 
and Milwaukee wins at home. But it was looking like for a good amount of time, I was feeling confident that Toronto was going to steal that game one in Milwaukee. But the Bucks, they come back, and then they hold on. And uh, game two is going to be tomorrow night on Friday night in Milwaukee. And the Bucks are a seven-point favorite as of this Thursday morning. So it's exciting to watch Giannis versus Kawhi. I love watching Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, I, I just think he does his size. He, he, you know, if he's just standing there, yeah, he's got the athletic build, but there's just something about him. Like, like you don't expect him to, to come up with these shots off the dribble and make these moves that he makes. It's just so, I feel like it's so unique to watch him. Uh, I am fascinated watching Kawhi Leonard, and I always watch him sitting there going, wow, I wish he was a Celtic, right? I wish Kawhi Leonard was a Celtic, but, um, uh, I wouldn't rule Toronto out of this series. In, in fact, if I had to put my money on it, I still think Toronto's going to be in the finals. And I would love to see Kawhi versus Golden State in the finals. And, and that's my prediction. But then my prediction would be Golden State wins the NBA championship as they normally do these days. So that's what we have in the NBA playoffs. And uh, what else? Oh, the draft lottery. The NBA draft lottery was Tuesday night. I did watch that. I was going back and forth between the Bruins game and the draft lottery. And they did it differently this year. I forgot that they were going to do it differently. The Instead of giving the worst team in the league the best odds and the highest percentage to get number one overall, well, it usually was, what, a 25% chance? Instead of giving the worst team in the league, which was the New York Knicks, instead of giving the Knicks the normal 25% chance of getting the number one overall pick who's going to be Zion Williamson they did it differently this year they said the three worst teams will each have a 14% chance to get the number one pick and because of that the Knicks got screwed the Knicks got screwed the New York Knicks being the worst team seeing Zion Williamson there such a unique player just, I'm sure they're just licking their chops, thinking we could get Zion. You know, we might even be able to, to add him with Kevin Durant. We could sign Durant. Maybe we could even sign Kyrie Irving. But if we get number one, who knows? Maybe we could entertain trading that number one to New Orleans and just bring in Anthony Davis. Well, New York doesn't have number one. So they can't get Zion Williamson, and they probably can't trade this pick to get Anthony Davis. They got screwed. The Knicks end up with the number three overall pick. The number one overall pick is going to be New Orleans. So New Orleans, they fall into that spot. New Orleans had a 6% chance to get number one. They end up with number one. Memphis gets number two. Memphis also had a 6% chance to get number one. They get number two. And then New York, the Knicks get number three. The Lakers bounce up. The Lakers had a 2% chance. And they just had a horseshoe up their ass. They got number four. Lakers get the number four overall pick, and then Cleveland at five, Phoenix at six, Chicago at seven, Atlanta at eight, Washington at nine, Atlanta from Dallas at 10, Minnesota at 11, Charlotte at 12, Miami at 13, and the Celtics get number 14. This obviously coming from Sacramento via Philadelphia. And, um, you know, the Celtics also could have received Memphis's pick, but Memphis's pick was top eight protected this year. And then next year, Memphis's pick is top six protected, right? And then the year after that, it's unprotected. So uh, there was some talk that Memphis was going to give the Celtics this year's pick. Well, they're not going to do that anymore. Um, number two overall for Memphis, but that was the NBA draft lottery. You can't say it's you can't say it's rigged because I think if it was rigged, you would have seen the Knicks get number one, right? Doesn't the league want the Knicks to be good at some point here? Don't they want the Knicks to be good? I would think they do. New York City, Madison Square Garden. I I would think that if it was rigged, no doubt about it, the Knicks would get the number one overall pick. Maybe for the purposes of giving them Zion Williamson, or maybe for the purposes of trading that number one pick to New Orleans to get Anthony Davis. Right? I, I think New I think the league wants the Knicks to be good again. So if it was rigged, I think the Knicks would have got number one, but they didn't. And here we are now. Here's what I don't want you to think. Don't think for one second that because New Orleans has number one that they won't trade Anthony Davis still. Don't think for one second that the Anthony Davis trade is suddenly just off the table. I heard some people talking about that. 
during the lottery and then even in the post-lottery analysis. And I think that's a ridiculous concept because the bottom line is this with regards to Anthony Davis. If Anthony Davis wants to be traded, Anthony Davis is going to be traded because if you're New Orleans, yeah, Anthony Davis has one more year left on his deal. But you want to get something, you want to get something for him, right? You want to get something for him. And if you want to get something for him, then you trade him this summer. So you got to have the conversation with AD and say, are you sticking around? Does Zion Williamson keep you in, or get you? Never mind, not keep you. We know he, we know he's not emotionally invested in New Orleans, but they got to say, does Zion Williamson maybe get you to become invested in the Pelicans once again? I don't think Anthony Davis is going to sit there and go, yeah. Yeah, he does. Like, I just, I don't see that. I think by, at this point, I think Anthony Davis has made up his mind. And if he's made up his mind and he wants to leave, then they should trade him still. Now, I think the good thing for the Lakers is, while everybody knocks their possible trade offer last trade deadline, the Lakers trade offer just got a lot better by having a 2% chance to get the number one overall pick and jumping up to four overall. Right? So if New Orleans looks at it and they say, we got to get something for Anthony Davis, Lakers don't really have a good package, or they didn't last year. Now we could have number one overall and number four overall. Right? You know, maybe maybe New Orleans, maybe this now opens the door for New Orleans to trade with the Lakers, with the Lakers getting number four overall. Either way, I, I don't think New Orleans getting number one overall is going to prevent them from trading Anthony Davis. Because at the end of the day, Zion Williamson is not going to change Anthony Davis's mind, I don't think. And if Anthony Davis's mind is not changed, then I do not think uh, the Pelicans really have a choice. I think they have to move him. And that's where we will end up. So that's what we got in the NBA. We also have the Stanley Cup playoffs. And here with the Bruins tonight, on this Thursday night, the Bruins have a chance to sweep the Carolina Hurricanes in the Eastern Conference Final and get to the Stanley Cup Final. In what really seems like, and I said this last week, and I've I've been I've really been leaning towards this this phrase the last couple of weeks with this Bruins team, and it just seems more evident than ever that this is the Bruins Stanley Cup to lose. This is Tuka Rask's Stanley Cup to lose. There is nobody left in the Stanley Cup playoffs that should beat the Bruins in a seven game series. It's not going to be Carolina. They're up 3-0, and they have a chance to sweep. And if the Bruins don't sweep in Carolina tonight on this Thursday night, then they will win this in five when it comes back to the Garden on Saturday, on Saturday night, right? Will that be after the Preakness? Will we have more drama in the Preakness? More horse racing drama? Um, But the Bruins could very well sweep this thing tonight. But if they don't, it will end in five games. I mean, they got Justin Williams rattled. Justin Williams has been in the penalty box the whole series, right? <laughs> like, he, he doesn't know what's going on. I think he's trying to do some stuff to help this team out, help that Carolina team out. But at the end of the day, they're just not even close to being as talented top to bottom as the Bruins. And, and I mean, look, we shouldn't really be surprised. Carolina is really the seven seed in the East. They're the seven seed. And they're playing like it. But the Bruins are playing like a team that became the favorite to win the Cup once Tampa Bay was eliminated. And uh, it really is the, the Bruins' Stanley Cup to lose at this point. And I think the Bruins are going to the Stanley Cup final. Who will they play? San Jose or St. Louis? Well, San Jose leads that series two games to one. And it's because of a controversial goal in overtime last night on Wednesday night in game three. And this should have been... This should not have been a goal. Like, this should have been reviewed. But the NHL is like, we don't review this. There are some things that the NHL says they can't review that's just sort of insane to me. Like, why can't you review? First of all, how did you miss it? There was a hand pass out front. I just... The goal shouldn't have counted. And uh, who knows what would have happened. I mean, look, I think that St. Louis... Here's the deal with St. Louis now. Like, they got to get past this. They can't let this linger. They can't go into the next game going, oh, we should have won game three because then you're going to get your asses kicked in game four. 
if you keep if you're still thinking about game three. So we're gonna see, I think, early on in game four, if St. Louis is still thinking about the the overtime goal, the controversial goal, or if they've moved on to game four. But either of these two teams, San Jose and St. Louis, I don't think either of these two teams would beat the Bruins. Maybe San Jose is that team that's been knocking on the door. And at that point, maybe you get to like destiny and it's just San Jose's time. But uh, even with that said and that thought that I float out there, I still wouldn't pick San Jose to beat the Bruins in a seven-game series. So I do think this is the Bruins-Stanley Cup to lose. Whatever does happen in game four or if necessary, game five on Saturday, I will react to it on Monday. I will also react to the PGA Championship this weekend as we... See if Tiger Woods can win his second straight major. I'll be watching that. I'll be watching the final round on Sunday. And, um, you know, if anything crazy happens there, I'll react on Monday's show. I'm here every Monday and Thursday. Get this show whenever you want at Podcast One. Also on iTunes, Spotify, and really anywhere podcasts are available. Follow me on Twitter, at Danny Picard. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, all forms of social media. Once again, special thanks to Kendrick Perkins for joining me today. Uh, Great guest there. I hope we can get him on this show again at some point in the future. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. I am out. Talk to you again on Monday. 